Hello, and how's everybody doing? My name is Gabe Arditi. I'm here with Rafael Medina Robles and my Dvorak. And this is going to be the first of our roundtable discussions. Today, our topic of choice should college sports be able to resume with or without a full vaccine? My personal preference on this uh, individual topic is that I think we could all benefit from sports coming back into our lives. However, I have serious doubts that the reward to play is going to be greater than the risk of allowing this disease to grow and spread even more than it already has. Hey, Gabe, Raphael speaking here. So uh, my standpoint on this, you know, uh, from a Mustang News reporter standpoint, I, I personally do think that, uh, you know, it's in the best interest for us to, for sports to resume. It just gives us something to do. Uh, you know, there, the content needs to be out there. Sports need to continue for us to be able to run and continue uh, successfully um, and efficiently. So that's just like my standpoint. Obviously, there is some negative factors that come along with sports resuming. but you know, I, I feel like uh, there's, a, there's an uh, appropriate balance of the negatives and the positives of it. So I think that, you know, as a, together as a group, we're going to be able to discuss what we each think. Yeah. Hi, guys. Maya here. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of pros and cons with both of it. And me, myself, being an NCAA athlete, I think I have um, a different opinion on, you know, of course, I want sports to come back because it's it's a lot about what we work for and work towards and it's a lot of our passion. So I think making it just a, an overarching rule of coming back with a vaccine or not is going to be really tough and something that isn't going to have a black and white answer for a really long time. I agree. I agree. And for me, the big part that comes into this decision, or I guess maybe the, the number one idea that comes into my mind, um, it's if we allow operations in the sports world to resume too soon, uh, are we risking a second flare-up of this virus? Are we risking putting more people in danger by allowing this virus to kind of maybe not restart, but um, really start infecting more and more people than it already has? Because I don't think that risk or if that outcome uh, would come, then I don't think we're really doing ourselves a favor by starting sports early. We're starting it without a vaccine, I should say. I see what you mean, Gabe. Uh, I think that, you know, if everyone is touching the same equipment and all that, let's say one athlete has the virus, it spreads to the other, and then they travel out, they spread it to another school, another county. And I, I do see that there could probably be a second wave coming. But, you know, it's, it's this isn't something that can be contained no matter what. I think without a, you know, there, there's no proven fact that it can be contained right now. And I really don't think that a vaccine will even stop it from, uh, how do you say, spreading even more just because of the fact that there is a flu shot. People still get the flu shot. It's not, a shot is not uh, meant to fully prevent uh, a, a virus or something like that. It's, uh, it's meant to just, you know, lower the chances of it. Uh, Maya, do you want to touch Yeah, no, I was just going to go off the vaccine part of that because I think that a lot of time if we're going to rely on a vaccine coming back for us to be able to get sports back, I think it's gonna cause a lot of problems. I mean, we already have anti-vaxxers in the community and, and around us. So even if there is a vaccine, there's no guarantee that everyone's gonna to want to get it, which doesn't guarantee the stop of the spread. And so I think, you know, we have 
an anti-vax movement on us right now because there's concerns about, um, you know, children getting autism from it. And I think if that is, you know, if that's also on the rise with coronavirus rising, I don't see how, you know, a vaccine is going to be the overarching, um, you know, solution in a lot of this. Not to mention people don't always take them. You don't, um, and they're not always effective. So making that the the benchmark for when sports come back, I think is going to be an issue in the long term, for sure. Yeah, and you definitely make a lot of good points too. And on top of that, we don't even know if we're going to get to a vaccine. I mean, we don't know what the time period to get a, um, you know, fully function, but also a, a test with a lot of confidence that's going to give people, or not a test, I'm sorry, a vaccine with a lot of confidence that's going to give people the peace of mind that once I take this, I'm going to be okay. But to go off of that even more, uh, to me, it's almost like, if we're not going to be able to test everybody, every single American is not going to be able to see if they have coronavirus. Why would we want to start, um, you know, prioritizing testing needing to go into the sports world? Because if we want to open up, we're going to have to make restrictions as people cannot play unless they're getting tested. And it would have to be almost before every game. And that's not just players. It's also personnel and coaches. And I think if we're going to dedicate a lot of tests towards that sector, it would almost just be, I don't know, to me, that's the wrong thing to do because there's so many other places that could benefit from um, testing. Yeah, I think that too. I think that just raises some issues. I'm like, you have programs, if we're going to talk about NCAA sports, you have programs mm -hmm. that maybe do have the funding and maybe do have the money, you know, that to require and to be able to provide all these like health um you know, screenings and cautionary stuff, but you have programs like, um, you know, small programs in the UC system, like Fullerton and whatnot, who, you know, don't have a ton of money. I mean, Cal Poly in general does not, is not a fully funded, well, they are fully funded, but not extremely funded, like, let's say any of the Pac-12 schools or ACC. So if you can get to the point where it's, you know, if you can provide XX and X for your programs, then you can come back. I think that's going to be a huge issue for underfunded and you know maybe some smaller programs which definitely leaves out the little guy and you know the the beautiful stories and whatnot where you see you know uh buzzer beaters in the ncaa they're not going to be a thing anymore because we're just going to have duke versus kentucky and villanova every single year if that's just what it's going to be so i think if it's going to be brought back it needs to be all or nothing and it can't depend on how much money the schools have because in that we're never going to get sports back the way we want it. And I don't think people want, you know, no one wants to see the Patriots win every single Super Bowl. I mean, that's why they're hated. And so no one wants to see just the top dogs. And if you do this, I think you're eliminating a lot of the little guys, which makes sports, you know, so amazing in what it is. Yeah, I kind of want to touch on that, Maya, how you said if uh, you're going to bring it all or nothing. Uh, so basically, you know, I, I, if sports were to resume, they need to bring every single sport. Um, not just one specific sport and also every team in that uh, conference in that league, you know, it can't just be uh, one here and one there. Cause uh, you know, you, you don't just want to play against five people, you know, you don't want to just play against five teams. And uh, speaking on that there, you know, the professional sports, they are returning this weekend. As a matter of fact, the German league, which is the Bundesliga, it's coming back on Saturday morning. And there's talks that, uh, the Premier League is going to come back on June 1st. So it's like if these major uh, professional leagues are taking the first step into bringing sports back, I don't see why college sports can't take like that little baby step to see where it can lead to. 
Yeah, not to mention like looking at what they're doing and implementing it into a smaller scale about what we're doing here. I mean, especially what you said too about, you know, only being able to play like five teams. The Stan Stanford athletes right now, according to one of the Cal Poly coaches, Caroline Walters, is saying that, um, you know, they're only being allowed to travel within 400 miles of their campus. So that leaves, you know, some huge schools out, which is, you know, Pac-12 is a spread out school. I mean, you have all the way from Oregon to Arizona and like how how do you like mitigate that and try to overcome that when maybe we could watch and see how the world leagues are doing it and like bring that back to the NCAA and then our pro leagues as well. Mm -hmm. And I think also though, because when we look at these professional leagues, there's another X factor that they take into account because they're so focused on their economic gain. And although college sports do make a lot of money, the players themselves are not playing for a check. And so my thing that I want to ask Maya actually is if you're not getting, if you're not playing your sport for a check, which obviously college athletes don't, and you wouldn't be able to play for fans because in this scenario that we can open, let's assume that um, we wouldn't be able to get back to full strength right away. We'd have to go slowly. Right. So as an athlete, would you enjoy playing when you're not going to be able to play for fans? I think it'd be really hard. I can't imagine, you know, for me being a Cal Poly athlete, I can't imagine stepping into Mott and having there be zero fans. That's mm -hmm. not, that's not even sports to me. I mean, in that scenario, I think, I think on a large scale, people would consider maybe even, you know, maybe even redshirting a year so that they can get back to actually having the sport that they love and wanting to play. I mean, I know that's a thought that's going across athletes' minds right now. It's going across mine. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think making, a scenario in which you know there are no Duke fans at basketball games and there are no you it just fans are such a huge and undervalued part of sports and the success of athletes it's the reason why you know home field advantage is such a thing and so I think to take that away is taking a massive portion out of out of sports and so to to not have that like Ralph was saying about you know going all in or nothing I think that definitely comes with it. I wouldn't want to play in front of a crowd of zero people. I just know that for mm -hmm. myself personally. Yeah, adding to that, Maya. So as a, you know, as a fan perspective and as a player, I'm pretty sure that everyone is kind of over this, not having, a, not having a sports available to watch or to attend. So do you think that it might be even in the best interest for some athletes and some fans to see sports without fans, uh, to be behind closed doors? Do you think that it might be just the best thing to do just given the fact that it's been so long without sports like it's something that we all want to come back yeah no for sure I know people miss sports I miss sports I miss watching it and playing it um and I think people you know whether or not you live a lot of people live in towns that don't even have sports so the the one way they're going to watch it is on tv anyway or or live streaming and so for that population of our country and of the world in fact like I think that, you know, returning sports with no fans isn't going to make that big of a difference to them. But to the athletes, to come out to a gym that feels like a practice and whatnot, I, think you're, I don't think you're going to get the same level of play, the same level of intensity, desire. I mean, when you have guys on the field that are, you know, waving their hands and pumping the crowd up and doing, doing that kind of stuff, it's not just for the crowd, it's for them and it's for the team and, and for morale. I mean, Cal Poly's band is renowned and the best thing in the Big West Conference. And that's the reason Cal Poly's, I would argue, a big part of the reason Cal Poly Volleyball wins as many games as, as we do. And it's, it's a lot about what goes on 
behind closed doors, but a lot of it is what goes on on the big show. And so I think that'd be a big thing missing. And and again, I can't say, you know, whether I think it should come back 100% or not purely because of that reason. But I don't know if I could perform or if anyone could really perform at the same level without having the, you know, the driving force of fans. It definitely makes a difference whether or not people want to admit it. Mm. That was my worry too, because so much of your motivation and enthusiasm of athletes, I'm saying, comes from the fans. So if you're taking that core element away, are you in turn going to maybe like dampen the product? And although, you know, at this time we don't have anything, so any type of sports would be good sports, but I think it would also be good for us to come back when we feel it's right and not just come back because everyone feels like we have to, or we need it. Um, Yeah. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. It can't just be a, a, like we need it and it needs to come back now. Yeah. And it would also, um, this is a little bit from what we were saying earlier, Maya, but if a team is going to reopen, let's say, let's say sec football, for example, but if you have teams on the West coast or, um, let's say up higher on the East coast or something like that, that are dealing with bigger problems and they can't open their schools. To me, you're putting all those, all those athletes that can't play at a disadvantage because that's ours. That's repetition. um, That's learning from the coaches that these other uh, athletes aren't going to get. And for a lot of people that have the prospect of going professional, I think that could really hurt their chances because, you know, that's the prime of your athletic career. If you're not developing yourself then, it could really come back to bite you in the long run. So that's another thing that really worries me. Um, Yeah, exactly. No, it's a big worry for... Don't let others. Yeah, no, it's a huge worry, especially for, you know, smaller schools all the way to bigger schools. I mean, you have schools in California that are are huge programs, but, um, you know, but in, in hotbeds. So to not allow those schools to come back, even though their athletes may have huge potentials, but then allowing schools, you know, in the South that, that, aren't in hotbeds and aren't in super populated areas with coronavirus, I think it's going to make a huge slanted disadvantage for some athletes that really just isn't fair, which brings me back to what Ross said earlier with it needs to happen altogether or it needs to not happen at all because yeah, no, in general, that's just, that's where I stand. And I, I agree. I couldn't agree more because, you know, I think that's maybe a consensus we can all come on whether we can agree to disagree or not, but we all think it needs to be all or nothing because you are not going to get the same product. You're not going to, the fans are not going to have the same experience. The athletes are not going to have the same experience. The franchises and the colleges are not going to have the same experiences. So I think a lot of us could benefit if we all in or we don't. So thanks for everybody coming out to our round table. This was an awesome experience. We can't wait for who we have up next for you guys. So stay tuned. I'm Gabe, this is Raphael and Maya, and we are KCBR Sports News.